Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. Uh, well, welcome to Gwinnett Church. My name is Reed, and I'm so glad that you're here. For those of you at Hamilton Mill that are joining us and online, what's up? We're so glad that you're with us. If this is your first time being with us, you picked a great day to join in because we are just starting a brand new series called Better Together. Now, um, before we get into the meat of what we're going to talk about today, um, let me give you a little life update for me. Um, not that you asked, but I've got the microphone, and so this is where we're at. Uh, but uh, for me, big big things happening around our house. Uh, first, we're moving, but then the second thing is that my my middle child is now this year going into elementary school, and so I know it's like some like oh yeah, cry cry tear tear right like um it's it's pretty big deal for us, uh, mainly just because I feel old now. I'm like, whoa, like I've got two now that are going to be jumping on the bus. So we've got one more left and uh, like around the house. And so this is, this is pretty wild. And uh, they do something pretty cool around here in the elementary schools uh, where they, they let new like kindergartners do this thing called kindergarten camp. And it's basically like a, a trial run for kindergarten. And maybe they do that at every school. They did not do that when I was going into kindergarten. They were just like, good luck, dude. <laughs> you know, like, and so uh, they definitely did not, not do the, the trial run, but uh, they, they do that around here and it's awesome. So my, my five-year-old, he's getting to go over there and he, he got to go for a week, like basically dry run at school without any of the fourth and fifth graders who are bigger than me nowadays. I'm like, what are they putting in the milk? So, um, and, and so he got to go and, and do the whole school thing. He got to go to lunch. He got to go recess. He got to go and see his teacher and he got to try the bus. They drive it around in the parking lot and do donuts or whatever it is that they do. And they got to do all those things. And it was really cool. But I was taking him over uh, to school the other day. And when I was taking him over there to drop him off, um, we were talking in the car and I was asking him what he was excited about. Of course, he was like, lunch. And so, um, I know, raise up a child, right? So like, and, uh, and so he, w- he was excited about lunch and then he was asking me, he was like, dad, what were your favorite parts of school? To which I was like, when it was done. Um, I'm totally joking. Teachers, we love you. We need you. We, we're so grateful for you. So like, but, but for me, I was like, okay, I got to think of, you know, I didn't want to just tell him like that. So I was like trying to think of like, what were my favorite parts of school? And there was, there was a few things I could think of, like obviously recess, that was awesome. Um, and lunch also huge, huge fan of, right? Like I liked those. I liked, um, I liked the computer lab when I was in elementary school. Does anybody remember the computer lab? Like when you would go and play, if you're in your thirties, you'll remember this game, Oregon Trail. Any Oregon Trail people? Yeah, yeah, exactly. A round of applause. They're like, yeah, I died of dysentery every time, every every adventure, you know? Like, yeah, so the, the computer lab, that was awesome. I liked that. I liked, um, I loved when those days when the teacher would, and, and this will show my age, when they would wheel in 
a TV. Y'all remember like, this is before they put like flat screens in the room and they were just like, show something. You know, like this, this was like, they would wheel in a TV like on a cart and the teacher had to like check it out. And they're like, you know what I mean? Like, and so like you, but I knew like, I loved those days. Like when the teacher wheeled in the TV because I knew that that meant we were going to watch Bill Nye, the science guy. Come on, Bill, right? Like I loved me some Bill Nye, the science guy. He had his theme song, all my friends, but Bill, 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 you know, like we were, we were excited about some Bill Nye, the science guy, mainly because that meant I was going to do no work. You know what I mean? Like, and so it was awesome. And, uh, and so I loved those days. I loved, um, I love the days when, when we would have a uh, book fair. Does anybody remember the book fair? Yeah. The book fair was awesome. Even if I didn't have money to spend, I was like, yes, we're going to get out and I'm going to look at these books about jets and it's going to be awesome. And then, uh, and then I remember days where we had field day. Who remembers field day? Yeah. Field day. I wish there was adult field day. That would be awesome. Um, some of you are like, I don't know if I could handle it, but like, but, but field day was so much fun. I remember that we, we used to be able to do this. I don't think they can do this anymore. Like the tug of war. Y'all remember the tug of war contest? It got heated. We, we had, uh, we would, we would get the biggest kid in our class and he would tie the rope to himself, which is for sure illegal nowadays. You know what I mean? But, but he would tie the rope to himself. I remember Jace Patty and he was like, Jace, if you're watching, you got us that championship. And so it was awesome. Like I remember field day and then, um, yeah, so I I remember those kinds of days. And then there were these days and this is, this one's going to be controversial. Everybody's with me on some of these, but this one was controversial, but these were days that I actually loved. I loved the days when the teacher would come in the room and assign a group project any, oh, some of you went, right? Like, no, right? Like that's, that's how some of you feel. Like even like at work, if they're like, all right, you got to work with those people. And you're like, no. And so it's like a group project. Now this, like I said, this divides the room. Where are my group project people who enjoys a group project? Okay, there we go. Who hates a group project? Yep. You can participate online. There's a lot of hands. Yeah. The, the group project will split the room usually. And here's why, because really when it comes to group projects, y'all, there are like, there are three kinds of people, right? There are the doers and doers hate group projects, right? Cause you're like, I don't want to have to rely on you dunces, right? Like you're like, there's no way, like, I don't want to have to like, rely on you to ask you for help. I don't want to need anybody for anything. Like I'm not trying to give anybody any of the work. And even if I think you're going to do the work, I don't think you're going to do it as well as I will. Right? Like, and all the doers were like, amen, you know, like, and, and so the doers in the room, all of you doers, right? You hate a group project because you don't want to have to uh, rely on or lean on. You just want to be independent, autonomous. You want to do all the work. And then, uh, and, and so you, you don't like a group project. Now there's another type of people. There are the helpers and the helpers are the people that were like, Hey, you know what? We've got a basement. You guys can come over to my house. My mom will get snacks. And they were the ones that were like, I'll buy that like, th- like that trifold, you know what I mean? Like thing that you were going to do your science fair on. They were like, I've got those. I've got like three in my basement. I can do it. Like they're blank. I bought them for the last one, you know? And, and they're like, hey, I'll help. I'll do whatever you need. Like I'm proficient in PowerPoint. I can make this thing, you know what I mean? And, and so helpers, the, these are all my Enneagram twos. And so like, like helpers, God bless you. You don't mind a group project and honestly, the world needs more of you. Go, be fruitful and multiply. And so 
We need lots of helpers. Helpers don't mind a group project. They're like, yeah, I'm here for it because they like, they like uh, the assist. And then the, there's this last group of people, and these are the people that love a group project. It's the talkers. Yeah, and all my talkers were like, oh, hallelujah, right? Like, the talkers, they love a group project, right? When a talker hears a teacher assign a group project, they're like, oh, yes. They look around, they're like, you're cool, you're cool, you're attractive, let's go. Like, you know what I mean? And they're, they're getting everybody into the group. That, like, that is the talkers. They are, like, so excited. They can't wait. And, uh, and they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going to do the presentation. And, uh, and so I'll see you guys in, in, like, a month, right? Like, and that's that the talkers love a group project. Now, the, the, the key is getting the right mix of all of these three. Yes. If you get all doers, it's going to be like World War Three, right? Like everybody. No, I'll do it. No, I'll do it. No. You know, like I've got a higher GPA. Right. Like and so gets very heated. This is not a fun. This is not a fun project. If you have all helpers, everyone's just nice, but nothing really gets done. Right. And if you have all talkers, then you're for sure going to get a horrible grade, but you're going to have a blast doing it. Right. Like, and so you need the right mix of the three in order to collaborate and to make things happen. Now, you might be asking, why is he talking about this? Why is he reminiscing on high school? I've got some wounds from there. You know what I'm saying? I'm still in counseling from this. And so some of you are dealing with that, right? And, and, and maybe you're asking, why are we talking about that? The reason why we're talking about group projects this morning is because love it or hate it, believe it or not, Here's the reality, you guys. Life, life is a group project. Life is a group project. Every single one of us, right, we were not meant to do life alone. And we need some someones in our life to help us to navigate the the ups and the downs and the craziness, right? Like life is a group project to which all my doers went, right? Because you don't want to have to rely on someone because you've, you've been let down because you've been hurt because somebody didn't come through when you needed them to. And, and I get it. Right. But, but we need to understand this, that life is a group project and that's not an introvert extrovert thing. That's not a collaborative independent thing. That's not like a, it's like, regardless of your personality, whatever you tested as or whatever, you know, Hogwarts house you ended up in or Disney princess you tested out to be right. Like, like whatever that was, like, it, it doesn't matter which one of those categories you fall into. The reality is life is a group project and you and I, we need some someones in our life from time to time. And, and, and you don't need a preacher to tell you that, right? Like you don't, you don't, need, you don't need a preacher or the Bible. That's not, that's not necessarily like a, a Christian thing. That's just a thing thing, right? Like you can all think of a time or two or 10 where you needed somebody to come through for you, where you wished you had someone or you were glad that you did have some someones in your life, right? Like maybe it was just the time you were having car trouble and you were glad that either somebody stopped and helped you out because your, your dad and mom didn't teach you how to change a tire. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that just me? And so like, and so, and so you were glad that somebody stopped or 
or you had car trouble and you had to drop the car off somewhere and you needed somebody to give you a ride or to pick your kids up or to help your kids get to practice. And so you needed some someones, right? Maybe it was, maybe it was that time. Maybe, maybe it was the time where, uh, where, where you needed just a, a, a night out because you and your spouse haven't had a date since dinosaurs walked the earth. And so you're like, yo, we just need some time, right? Like, like to, to be together. And so you needed someone to come through and, and watch the kids. Maybe, maybe it was a time where you were moving, which I'm in it right now. You find out where your real friends are, you know what I mean? Like when you're moving, where now my wife and I are now at the age in your 30s where it's no longer acceptable to pay people in pizza to help you move, you know? And so we're kind of bummed about that. So we're having to pay actual dollars. And so, but it's nice because there's some people helping you to move, right? Like, and so maybe, maybe, maybe you've experienced that where you needed some people to come through. Maybe it's deeper than that. Maybe, maybe it was a time where, you had a difficult decision to make and you were wondering whether or not to stay in the job or to walk away or to take that new job. You were wondering whether or not to make that purchase. You were, you were wondering whether or not to pack up and move your family across the country to pursue that new career. You were, you were wondering if that was gonna be the wise decision and you needed some people to come through for you, to give you some wisdom, to give you some counsel. Maybe it was a time in your life where, where things were rough at work and you needed somebody, a coworker or a friend to go to dinner with you after work and to process some things and how to have that hard conversation with your boss or your supervisor. Maybe it was a time like that. Maybe it wasn't things at work, but maybe there was a time where you've had some things going on at home and things are getting, getting rough, they're getting toxic. And now all of a sudden words like separation and divorce are getting brought up. And you needed someone or some someones to be there for you, to give you advice, to be a a voice of wisdom, to be a counsel. Maybe it was a time where your kids were going through something that you as a parent, you just felt extremely ill-equipped to be able to handle or to be able to process. And you're going, I don't understand what they're going through. And I don't even know if I've got the tools to help them. And you needed someone to show up and to help you and to help your kid. Maybe it was a time where for you, you or someone that you love got a diagnosis And what was supposed to be a normal checkup turns into a conversation and the word cancer gets brought up. And and you needed someone to be there to process that that news with you and to be there for you. Maybe it was a time where you lost someone who loved and who you cared about and you needed a shoulder to cry on and a hand to help you up and someone to walk through that messy, awful process. I literally just did a funeral this weekend, you guys. And as I sat with the family, the wife of the man that I was doing the funeral of, she said, I don't know how anybody does this alone. I don't know. You see, you can all think of a time or two or 10 where you have needed some someone's 
to come through for you, where you wished some people were in your life or you're glad that you had some people in your life. Because like it or not, believe it or not, regardless of whether what you felt about them in school, the reality is life is a group project and everybody, y'all, everybody needs somebody. Everybody needs somebody. And that's why we say around our church all the time that we believe that circles are better than rows. Because in circles, that's where relationships are, fil- are, are formed. And that's where, that's where we're able to have real community. That's where you're able to have some someones in your life who know what's going on, who know your name. They know your story. They know your struggles. And they're there to process things with you. We say that circles are better than rows because there are some things that you just can't do on your own. And you're not meant to do on your own. And so what we're going to do this morning is I want to open up the scriptures with you. And I want to take you uh, to a passage of scripture in Hebrews chapter 10. And in, in Hebrews, the author of Hebrews is writing to a group of people that are experiencing the complexity and the challenges and the difficulties of life and of faith. The, the, the book of Hebrews, just to give you some context, it's written to some early Christians that were being scattered because they're being persecuted for their faith. They're new to the faith and now things started really well, but now they've gotten rocky and now all of a sudden uh, they're being picked on, bullied, beaten up, some of them imprisoned, some of them even put to death. And in this process, they're questioning whether or not this Jesus thing is worth it. And they're questioning their faith and they're wondering whether or not they're going to make it. Some of them are even considering going back on their faith and giving up. And in the midst of that, the author of Hebrews writes to this group of people to encourage them not to drift from their faith. And he wants to remind them of what Jesus has done for them and call them to do some things for one another that they simply cannot do on their own. In this passage that we're going to read, he points out, and I say he, we don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews. Some would say it was Paul. Some might say it's this guy, Apollos, but we don't know. They didn't sign their name to it. But the author of Hebrews is going to say in this passage, they're going to point out three things that we're not meant to do alone, that we're meant to do for each other, that we need some someone's in our life in order to, to deal with and to do. And so he's going to point out these three things. And so as we talk about these three things, the question that I want you to be thinking of for yourself is, do I have some people like this in my life? Do I have a someone or some someones who are fulfilling these roles in my life? As we process these three things and read through this passage together, I want you to be thinking through, do I have someone like that in my life? And so this is in Hebrews chapter 10. We'll put it up on the screen, but I'm going to read out of my Bible because I like to do that. And um, it's mine. It's highlighted. And so I like to read it out of mine. And I'm going to, I'm going to read to you, he, the, the author of Hebrews has spent nine and a half chapters talking about all that that Jesus has done for us, or rather that God has done for us through Jesus, right? Like, and so they've spent all this time unpacking that, and now they're going to begin to unpack some things that we ought to do for each other. And so this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19. It says, therefore, therefore, meaning because I've just told you everything that Jesus has done for you. 
Brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God. So again, he's going, because God has made it possible for us to have relationship with him, because he's done something for us that we could never do for ourselves, because he's taking care of that vertical relationship. Now he's going to unpack. There are some horizontal things that we need to do together. There are some, some things that we need to do for one another. There are some things you need some people to do for you and that you need to do for them. And so he says, because of that, he says, then let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. And let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful and let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The author repeats three let us statements. And whenever you see something repeated in the Bible, that's usually a cue to pay attention. If it's repeated, pay attention because if it's repeated, it's important, right? They're not just saying things over and over and over again because they ran out of things to say, but they want you to lean in and pay attention. And so the author makes three let us statements in this passage saying in light of everything that God's done for you so that you don't drift, so that you don't give up, so that you don't um, walk away from your faith or bounce on things. He says, he says, there are three things that you and I are called to do for one another. And, he's, and they all start with the let us. And so I want to show you these three things that you need some people to do for you and that you need to be doing for some other people. And so the first thing is this. He says, let us draw near to God. Something that you and I absolutely need some someones in our life to help us do is to draw near to God and to grow in our relationship with God personally. You see, we, we mention around here all the time that your faith is personal. Yes, God wants a personal relationship with you, but while your relationship is personal, it's also communal. And one of the best ways for you to grow spiritually personally is to plant yourself into community with some other people that are trying to follow Jesus and figure out life just like you. And so the author of Hebrews says something that we ought to do for one another, something that we need some someone's in our life to do is to help us to draw near to God and to grow in our faith. We need some people around us to open up the scriptures together with. We need some people around us to process through sermons with so you can sit down and go, did anybody understand what Reed was talking about? I don't know. When's Andy coming back? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and so you can... You need some people to, to process through some of these things with. You need some people uh, to, to share your doubts with, to ask questions. You need some people um, who are reading the same thing that you're reading and can go, this is what I saw. What did you see? You need some people that are there that can pray for you, who when your faith feels low, their faith can be high and they can fill you up. Or when their faith is low, your faith is high and you can borrow each other's faith. You need some people to help you to draw near to God and to grow your personal faith. You see, growing in your personal relationship with God was never meant to be just your responsibility. It's a we thing. It's a we thing. 
And we need some someones to help us to draw near to God and to grow in our, in our personal relationship with him. I know for me, um, I've experienced this um, in my own life. Um, God bless you. Um, I've experienced this in my own life where, where I've had some people that I've, I've like needed them to sharpen my faith. As a, as a matter of fact, um, a couple years ago, uh, my wife and I, we decided we were going to jump into uh, a small group and, um, and it can be hard, just total transparency. It can be hard at times um, when you're like the pastor and you stand on stages and you talk about the Bible a lot. It can be hard for you to like jump in a group, not because I'm busy, which is the excuse that a lot of us use. Like, I'm just like too busy, but I've watched 47 episodes on that at Netflix. And I'm like, you're not too busy. You know what I mean? You prioritize what's important. And so, um, <laughs> just a little jab. And so, and, and so for me, it's not that I'm too busy. It's that sometimes sitting in a small group with people, like, uh, I, I don't, I don't feel like I get the ability just to be normal. And so I'm like, I have a question about the Bible and people are like, what? You know, like, uh, you're a professional Christian, you know? And you're like, Whoa, I'm t- uh, sorry. I didn't know what that word meant, you know? Like, and, and so like either that or like you speak up in group and then everybody's like, and thus saith the Lord and we'll pray. And you're like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just thought that was a good thought, you know, like, and so it can be hard sometimes to be in community. And so there's been seasons where my wife and I have been like, ugh, like it's, 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 it's too difficult or, you know, like, like, do we really want to push through? And, you know, a couple of years ago we decided, you know what, we're going to do it. We're going to actually lead a young married group and we're just going to see how this goes because she and I are both were feeling like, man, we need this in our faith personally. Felt like it was getting a little bit stale. And just to be honest, y'all, that happens sometimes. Sometimes in your personal walk with Jesus, things can get a little stagnant and a little bit stale. I wish I could say that I woke up every day and just went, his mercies are new. You know what I mean? Like, but I don't, right? Like, and so sometimes things can get stale. Sometimes things can get stagnant and we need some people around us to help us to draw near to God. And so we got into this group. We started leading this group. And um, I'm telling you, it's one of the best things that we ever did. Um, We got some people, some people that are in, in our church, some people that are on staff to be in this group. And what's cool is we did that group together for like two years. And out of that, like after the group stopped meeting, then, um, then we've continued. There's like five guys and not like the place with the burgers and stuff, but like the, there's literally five other guys, like five guys from this group. And, uh, and we continued at, we have a group text right now where, um, we text each other what we're reading in the Bible. We text each other prayer requests. We text each other encouragements, challenges, and we kind of journey. We continue to journey and we do that every single morning. As a matter of fact, I was even getting text messages this morning where they were talking about, man, like praying for you as you're going to preach today and, um, and sharing some stuff like that. And, And we text each other. And what's awesome is on the days where I wake up and don't feel like drawing near to God, somebody, one of those guys in the group is getting up and they are, and Glenn is getting on Glenn, you know, like is getting on and he's going, Hey man, I was reading this this morning and this really challenged me and encouraged me. What do you guys think? And so on the days where I didn't necessarily feel it, their faith challenged me and encouraged me and helped me grow. And some of the days where they're not feeling it, I'm texting in and we're drawing near to God together. And it's helping us to hold on to our faith and to navigate things and to grow in our faith You see, you guys, you weren't meant to grow in your faith on your own. You need some someones for that. You need some help for that. You need some people in your life to help you to do that. And so that's 
That's one of the things that the author of Hebrews says you need some someones for in your life is helping you to draw near to God. The second thing that the author of Hebrews says, not only let us draw near to God, but also let us hold on to hope. Here's the reality for every single one of us. Life is coming. Sounds ominous because it is. Life is coming. And there are things in life that are coming that are, that are going to be challenging, that are going to be frustrating, that can be discouraging, that can be overwhelming. Life is coming and all you've got to do is just live a little bit to understand what I'm talking about. That there are going to be things and moments and circumstances that you're going to face in this life. And sometimes it feels like a soul punch. There are going to be some things that you go through that cause you to doubt and to question There are going to be some things that you go through that feel overwhelming to you. And the author of Hebrews says, there's basically, there are going to be some times where you feel like letting go and the power of a community and having some people in your life is that when you feel like letting go, we won't let you. The author of Hebrews says you need some people not just to help you grow in your faith, but also to help you to hold on to hope when you feel like letting go, when life happens and you feel the tug of the drift, you feel like you're gonna be broken down, you feel like giving up, you've got some people around you that say, no, we won't let you. You've got some people around you that will ask you, how are you doing? And they won't take I'm fine for an answer because they know you and they wanna help you to hold on to hope. A few years back, I, um, I had a rough year. And um, for me, it, it was mainly professional. Um, I had experienced some really harsh feedback, some criticism about my own leadership and how I was doing things. And um, that had never happened at that level before. And at the same time as I was getting that harsh feedback and hearing some things that I didn't necessarily um, want to hear, um, I, I also experienced some rejection and watched as other people were getting opportunities that I had thought, man, I thought those would have been my opportunities. I just stepped into my 30s and I was starting to then question, am I good at this? Am I called to this? Like, what's going on? I thought I'd be further along. I thought I'd be better at this. And um, some of you will know what this is like, that sometimes you get some stuff in your life professionally and you experience some of that hurt and then you take it home and then it starts to impact your home life and it started to impact my home life. And, um, and I was doubting myself in every aspect. What started as some work stuff, some career stuff caused me to doubt myself, not just as a, as a pastor, but also as a dad and as a husband. And I started feeling like a failure in every area and I got really, really low. And I want to be careful in the word that I'm going to use, but it was the closest for me that I've ever felt to depression. I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to talk to anybody. And I did not know how to pick myself back up. And in that really, really low moment, I am so glad that I had some people that were already active in my life You got to get this, y'all. If you wait until you're at rock bottom to go looking for people, they won't be there. But I had some people that were active in my life. Specifically, a guy named Paul and a guy named Trey. And those guys, they showed up at my office one day. 
And they were like, how are you doing, man? I guess they noticed something had been off. They said, how are you doing? And I was like, classic dude thing. Fine. <laughs> Fine, bro. You know, like, and I'm trying to play it off and act tough because we're not supposed to, you know, whatever, be emotional. And then I cry in front of 2,000 people every week. And so... But we're not supposed to let our guard down or anything like that. And so I'm, I'm fine. I don't want to talk about it. And I will never forget Trey. He shut the door. And he was like, you're not fine. He was like, you're not. And he was like, we want to pray for you, man. And I was like, I don't want to pray. I don't want to talk to God. I'm actually kind of mad at God. I actually am blaming God right now for the way that I feel. I don't want to talk to God. And they're like, that's fine. We'll just pray anyway. You can't stop us. We're bigger than you. <laughs> and he is. He's significantly larger than me. And so he was like, I'm going to pray anyway. And they sat there and they prayed for me. And, um, and then what was crazy is they kept showing up. And they would show up every Monday and they would walk in my office and they would shut the door and they would go, how are you doing? And I would ignore them. And then they would pray for me. And then they kept showing up. And they kept showing up. And eventually I started talking about some things. And eventually I started praying with them. And I'm so glad I had some of those people in my life. Because when I felt like letting go, when I felt like giving up, they said, we're not going to let you. And the author of Hebrews says, hey, in light of everything Jesus has done for you, something that you need some people to do for you and something that you need to do for each other is not just help each other grow in your relationship with him, but also help each other hold on to hope. Because there's going to be moments where you feel like letting go. But a good we, a good we won't let me. And the last thing, the last thing that, that the author of Hebrews says, they said, not only let us draw near to God and grow in our faith, not only let us hold on to hope, but also the last thing that they say is, let us spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And that idea of spurring each other on is this idea of encouraging and challenging like you to be and do all that God's created you to be and do, to be and do more than you ever would be on your own, right? Uh, you guys know this and, and everyone in here that's willing to be honest, like on your own, you will find ways to cut corners. On your own, you will give yourself permission to settle in certain areas. On your own, you will justify behavior that you would never justify in someone else's life. On your own, you will do some of those things. And so you need some someones to come alongside you and to encourage you and to challenge you to be better than you could be on your own and to ultimately be and do all that God has created you to be and do. And this idea of spurring each other on, it's not just having a cheerleader, but it's literally like the idea here is having someone that is running alongside you. Like, come on, we got it. One more mile, right? I grew up and um, when I was growing up, I, I played football and uh, that's not a flex. I was just okay at it. You know what I mean? Like, and so I'm like a mediocre athlete. That's like a great spike baller now. And so um, but, but I grew up playing football and, um, and I had a workout partner. I always wanted to work out with this guy that was, he was the starting running back for our team and I was, um, not. And so he, his name was Al and, um, to, to be correct, his name was Algernon Del Victor Clove, which I love that name. That's amazing. Right. And so Al was a baller and he was stronger than me and he was faster than me, but I loved working out with him because he always pushed me, uh, to do a little bit better than I would 
would on my own. You know, on my own, I'd put like a certain amount of weight and I'd be like, yeah, that looks good. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I feel good. And then Al would go, read, put five more on. And I was like, no. And he was like, do it. And I was like, yes, sir. You know what I mean? Like, and so I, I would put on a little bit more weight and I would run next to him in the first group of guys running because I knew that he was faster than me, but he was going to push me to be better. And that's this idea that the author of Hebrews says, we need some people to push us and to challenge us and to encourage us to be better than we thought we could be on our own and to be better and to do and be all that God has created us to do and to be. And, and, and so this is what we need one another for. You see, you guys, life and faith, they are group projects. You need some somebodies and some somebodies need you. And so the question that I got is, do you have some people like this in your life? Do you have some people that are helping you to draw near to God, to pursue and experience a personal relationship with God that are helping you to grow in your faith? Do you have some people like that? Do you have some people that help you to hold on to hope that when you feel like letting go, they won't let you and they just keep showing up? Do you have some people who will ask you how you're doing and won't take I'm fine for an answer? Do you have some people like that? Do you have some people that are spurring you on to be better than you ever would be on your own, who are challenging you and encouraging you to be and do all that God has created you to be and do. Do you have some people like that? If not, can I just lovingly, not, no shame here, but if not, can I just tell you, you need some people like that. You need some people like that. And I need some people like that. We need some someones in our life to help us to grow in our faith, to help us hold on when things get hard, and to help us to do and be all that God's created us to do and be. You will not get there on your own. It's a group project. And we are way better together. Now, some of you are probably asking, well, how do I get those people? How do I get some people like that in my life? Because I look around and I don't really have some people like that in my life. I don't have people that are encouraging me or processing my faith um, to process faith with. I don't have some people like that that help me to hold on to hope. Like when I get negative, they just get down there and they get negative with me. And then we're just negative cycle of, you know, and, and I don't have anybody like that that's spurring me on to be better, challenging me and encouraging me. Um, like, how do I get some people like that? And, and, and I just want to encourage you, Two things real quick. One is um, if you show up in the right places, you eventually find the right people. And so I just want to encourage you to keep showing up in some of the right places. And when I say right places, I mean, if you'll keep showing up in church, if you'll put yourself in a small group, if you'll start serving on Sundays, you could find some of those right people in your life. And I know some of you were like, well, I tried small groups and those people were weird. And so like, just being honest, right? This is just family meeting, right? Like, so you tried a, a small group and, and your first try at it wasn't so great and it didn't work out the way that you thought you would and you didn't find people like that. I just want to encourage you, keep leaning in because every group's not going to be that group, but eventually, if you keep putting yourself in the right places, you're going to find that some of those people will become those right people that help you grow in your faith, that help you hold on to hope, that help spur you on towards love and good deeds and all that God's created you to do and be. And so put yourself in some of the right places. And then the second thing that I want to encourage you. If you want people like that in your life, some people that are drawing near to God, some people that are holding, helping you hold on to hope and some people that are helping spur you on, then I just want to encourage you with this. Be the person you're looking to find. 
Can I just tell you like that, that, that sometimes like like attracts like. And if you want some people like that, then be that in the lives of some people around you. And who knows, you might just call it out of them. You might start to see like all of a sudden, like you have a friend who you wished you guys talked about faith, but they're not talking about their faith because you're not talking about your faith because you guys were told growing up that you don't talk about religion and politics. You know what I mean? But, but you need to talk about your faith with some people. And so be the person that you want to find. And you might just find some of those people are already in your life. And so I just want to encourage you in those two things. This is the reason why we do small groups around here. We hope that you'll get plugged into one as we go into the fall. We're going to have small groups launching. We hope that you'll get yourself in a circle because life and faith, they are group projects. And all of us, you guys, we are way better together. Amen. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you don't call us to do life alone. You've given us this awesome gift called the church. Um, not a building where we sit in rows, but you've given us each other. Um, a movement of people um, that can lock arms and help each other to navigate all the ups and downs of life and all the complexities of faith. Um, thank you so much for this gift. And I pray um, for all of us that, that we would embrace that truth, that life really is a group project. I pray that you would help us to find people um, that encourage us in our faith, that help us hold on to hope, that spur us on towards love and good deeds and being the people that you've called us to be. I pray that you would help us to seek those people out. And then God, I pray by the power of your Holy Spirit that you would help us to be those people in the lives of someone else. And God, we know um, that that's where the good stuff is. That's where we're gonna grow. That's where we're gonna transform. That's where we're gonna see life change. And um, we need these relationships. And so would you help us to prioritize and pursue um, some community uh, in our lives. We love you. We trust you. Um, we're grateful for this morning. And it's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen.